Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Hey, if you are here for the first time, or maybe here for the first time in a long time, I want to say a massive welcome. Uh, Can I start by saying, and whether you're here in person, or whether maybe you're listening to this online or, or on the podcast, can I encourage you that you are not here by accident? I truly believe that God predestined you to be right here, right now, because he wants to impart something into your life for 2024. Uh, Does that mean that I have all the answers? No, absolutely not. But my prayer is that God would work through me, that you wouldn't hear my words, but you would hear the Holy Spirit talking to you and talking to your heart, uh, and that we together can make 2024 all that God has it planned for us. So... Um, I want to start off with a little bit of a story. I love stories. Um, uh, feel free to laugh at me. Uh, I'm also, uh, I, feel like, I feel like we need a little bit of energy in this place. So please, by all means, feel free to like, like preach at white boy at me, like spur me on. If you like it, laugh. If you don't like it, laugh still and it'll make me feel better. Um, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, so yeah, let's start with a little bit of story. So a couple of years ago, um, uh, myself and a bunch of the men here from the church, we went on a uh, on a men's camp. We went down south to uh, climb some stuff uh, and camp, which was awesome. It's basically what men love doing is climbing on things and, and camping, right? There's only a few other things that men love more, but that's pretty much up there. Uh, and so we set our sights on Bluff Knoll. Uh, if any of you, has, has anyone in here climbed Bluff Knoll before? Yeah, we've got a few, not a whole lot of adventurous types. That's okay. Can I encourage you? It's well worth the trek. The view is phenomenal. Even if you don't do Bluff Knoll, the Sterling Ranges, phenomenal. You should check them out. Anyway, uh, we sat down uh, with our sights on the peak of Bluff Knoll. Now, me being uh, super competitive and being a youth pastor, I was like, I'm hanging with the boys, I'm right at the front, I know they're going to run for the top, uh, and I'm there. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not stupid, I knew I was never going to keep up with them, but I wanted to start with them because I wanted to, I don't know, I, I wanted to feel like I could still do it, right? Um, now, the one goal I did have, however, was I was, uh, I was determined to stay in front of Marty. Whatever I was doing, I wanted to make sure I was in front of Marty, all right? Um, however, I wouldn't be telling the story if I stayed in front of Marty because by about halfway, he had not just caught up with me, he was kind of like charging in front and I was like, oh Jesus, I'm going to get through, I'm going to make it. And then I think my legs just turned to cement and I just, I couldn't move any faster. I just was like, oh, I'll catch you up the top. And then, yeah, sure. In my defense, I wasn't too far behind, but uh, he definitely outpaced me. He's a lot quicker uh, uh, good old Martin, then he looks. Uh, one other story. <laughs> um, the reality is I started too quick. I started too fast. 
I was ill-prepared, and I thought I had enough gas in the tank to get to the top as quickly as I could when I was maybe 20, right? But I don't. Um, Another little story, so uh, I was doing some work uh, with a friend of ours here, uh, one of our members here at church. Uh, He has a landscaping business and gives me some extra work on the side, which really, really helps me out. Now, a couple of weeks ago, it was really, really hot. Well, I'm going to say it was really, really hot, but I'm definitely not built for laboring, right? Um, Anybody that's worked with him, you know exactly who I'm talking about, and you know how crazy this guy works, right? So it was hot. I was working outside, and I had the brilliant idea of being super holy and fasting that week. Now, to my surprise, that wasn't a good idea. Apparently, you shouldn't not eat before you, like, slog out a bunch of landscaping work on, like, a 35. I swear it felt like it was 50 degrees outside. It probably wasn't, but, like... On a, on a super hot day. Now, I was really excited. I got in. I was super enthusiastic. I, like, cut some stuff. I moved some dirt. I laid some turf. I did all these things, and I was, like, I, I, I felt like I was crushing it. And then by the end of it, the one bottle of water that I bought just didn't cut it, all right? My mouth was dry, too so dry to the point where it was like it was sticky. My mouth was sticky. I was like, I, I was like, I wanted to be able to spit. I couldn't even spit. There was no water in my body. I felt like it had gone, right? Uh, I remember, this is how desperate I was. I sat back in my car and I had a little Red Bull can that I'd finished maybe the day before. And I was like, surely there's something in that. And I tipped it and the smallest drop of Red Bull came out and it was the most refreshing thing I'd ever had in my life. (laughs) Safe to say, I I had every intent of starting well. I, I was unprepared. I couldn't do the race, or I couldn't do the task that was ahead of me because I was not prepared. This leads me in to what I feel like God has asked me to share with you guys. Hopefully you can be encouraged by it and not make the same mistakes that I did. Bring plenty of water. Don't try and outrun Marty. And uh, if anything you take away from this, it's that we start right. I want to look at, uh, a f- we're going to look at a few things. We're going to look at the life of Jesus, but my, my, uh, what I want to share with you today is let's start right. Let's pray really quick, uh, and then we'll get into the word. Father God, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to be your mouthpiece. God, I pray that these aren't my words. I pray right now that uh, these aren't just uh, nice, nice things said uh, and people's hearts being manipulated. No, God, I pray right now that your spirit is in this place. I pray that I would be transparent and I pray right now that you would touch the hearts that need to be touched. You would lift up the ones that are broken in this place right now, Father God, and that we would bring hope to the hopeless. So God, wouldn't you move in this place? You know, we pray amen and amen. Awesome. For those of you taking notes, uh, I have three things that I feel like we can learn about starting well by looking at the life 
of Jesus. Now, if Jesus was anything, his life was set to be the example of how we should run this race or do this journey. Uh, I'm going to give you those three points. Uh, I'm not one of those teachers that's like, you need to hang around for, the, for all the, like, this is not clickbait or anything like this. No, I'm going to give you three points, then we'll unpack them together, uh, and it's going to be grand. Those three points are seek God, clear out the temple, take others on the journey with us. That's seek God, clear out the temple, take others on the journey with us. So let's go to my first point, and that is seek God. We want to invite God on the journey. Lord knows I needed Jesus trying to climb up Bluff Knoll. All right, Matthew 3. Uh, for those of you who have your Bibles, I'll give you a moment to turn there. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 3, uh, verse 13, and we're going to read on. It'll be behind me anyway um, for those of you playing along at home. And it goes a little something like this. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have uh, prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he came up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased." A little interesting thing I noticed here. This isn't in my notes. I just thought this, you guys might find this interesting. Right here is, from what I understand, one of the first times we see the Father, Son, Holy Spirit all in one place, all at one time. Pretty, I, mean, I find that pretty interesting. But what are we seeing here? What we're seeing here is a picture of Jesus setting an example of how we should seek the Father of how we should go after God. What is he doing? Jesus probably could have started ministry life without getting baptized. Let's be really honest. Son of God, son of man, fully God, fully man, could have probably done this. But it was right to fulfill all righteousness that he did this. Am I asking you to get baptized? No, absolutely not. Uh, well, I mean, you should. Uh, but that's not, that's, not the call to, uh, that's not the call for right now. You see, we see Jesus even as a little boy, right? They're coming, uh, they're coming back from Passover. And what do we see? He's in the temple learning about his father. He's seeking the father. You see, we read on in Matthew chapter 4 as well that Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Let me run that back just in case you guys didn't, mean that, uh, didn't hear that properly. We read that Jesus was led by the Spirit. Everybody say Spirit. So we're not talking about, he wasn't, he wasn't like led by the devil. He wasn't led by the enemy. He wasn't led by that guy Craig at work who is up to no good and spends too much time like um, not working. No, he was led by the spirit 
into the wilderness to be tempted. Why? It's not because God is some cruel master who loves to see us suffer. No, what we're seeing here is Jesus is having his, his mind. Jesus is having his faith. And Jesus is having his heart tested and refined before he jumps into, uh, before he jumps into ministry. You see, what we see before that is it says he fasts for 40 days. Uh, again, he probably is a lot stronger than I am. Uh, I lasted about two days. But, um, but what we're seeing here is he's leaning into God to be his provider. He doesn't want to do it in his strength. He's seeking the Father. He's praying earnestly, and he's following where the Spirit guides him. Notice it's not into some like uh, like six-figure job where it means we're going to be real cushy and I'm not going to have a care in the world. No, God leads him or the Spirit leads him into the wilderness for the sole purpose of being tested. There's a good chance that if you listen to the Spirit, there's going to be a time where He may also lead you into the wilderness to be tested. The question is, have you sought God before going into the wilderness so that He can direct you and strengthen you where you would otherwise fall short? You see, for some of us, 2023 was a year of refining. It was a year that uh, where God may have been stripping things back from us, but maybe he's been stripping things back because he wants you to finally make room for him in your life. Maybe he finally wants you to let him in. Maybe instead of seeking first the kingdom of God, we, this is me included, have tried to establish our own kingdoms. They might not look like a kingdom of gold, but... Uh, you can imagine what your kingdom looks like, with our own securities in place, and God is just on the side as a breaking case of emergency or praying case of emergency button so that when we finally fall and realize we can't do it by ourselves, we go, all right, God, do your thing. I'm ready for you to intervene now. I've done everything I can do. This brings me to my second point, and that is we need to clear out the temple. How am I going? Are you guys, is this good? Are you guys enjoying this? Yeah? Everyone's really quiet today, so just want to make sure we're doing good. Still with me. Technology. Let me sign back in. We need to clear out the temple. Give me a second. I love technology. I should have printed this out. <laughs> Next time I will do it. <laughs> we need to clear out the temple. We need to take the time to get rid of the things that we've put there in place of God. John uh, chapter 2, this is 13 to 17. There's a little bit of scripture, but come with me here. I'm trying to get you guys to start 2024 right. 
uh, it says this. It says, when it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem in the temple courts where he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip. Yes, you heard that right. Jesus made a whip out of cord and drove all of the temples uh, and drove all from the temple's courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the, uh, of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. Zeal for your house will consume me is actually from, uh, from Psalm 69, verse 9. Um, I want to read a little bit of Psalm 69 to you. It says this, verse 1, it goes, um, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in, my, I sink in the miry depth where there is no foothold. I have come into the deep waters. The floods engulf me. I am worn out calling for help. My throat is parched. My eyes fail looking for my God. I'm just going to pause there. Have you ever felt, maybe 2023 was that, maybe the start of 2024 is that for you? Have you ever felt like you are, the floodwaters have just come in. The things of life have so overtaken everything we're doing, everything we are, maybe the plans and the goals that we felt like God had for us. And we can't, to the point where we can't cry out anymore because we're done crying out. Our voice is gone. We've got no more tears left to cry. And sometimes when this happens we feel a bit disorientated. Can I be a little bit uh, vulnerable? I didn't have this in my notes, but I feel to share. There was a time in my life, it was maybe, I would have been about 21, and uh, I had gotten home and just found out that my dad had passed away. So it was in a workplace accident. Uh, For a 21-year-old dude, this is huge, right? Um, This guy is one of my heroes. Um, I... I'm 21, and I'm just about to embark on my journey of discovering who I am as a man, and the one guy I had in my life to be that example is now ripped away, and our relationship prior to that was not as good as I would have hoped, but we were on the mend. We had a good relationship when he'd passed, right? I remember a couple months prior to that, our youth pastor, uh, actually also uh, was taken away from us tragically and he was he was still very young so at this tender age of 21 I feel like I had the two role the two father figures in my life ripped away and I think very uh, rightfully so my cry to God was God like If this is truly your plan, if this is truly your will, I don't get it. I don't see what the point of all of this is. I got to the point where I couldn't cry out anymore. 
and I'd run out of tears to cry. Have you ever been in that place before? I know I have. Verse four says this, those who hate me without reason outnumber the hairs on my head. Many are my enemies without cause. Those who seek to destroy me, I am forced to restore what I did not steal. Have you ever felt like the world is just out to get you? Like the whole world is against you. You see, when this sort of thing happens and we have these struggles, and can I say, if this is what you do, you're not a bad person. What you're doing is not wrong. But can I encourage you, there's maybe a better way. There's maybe something better. But what have we put in place in our life to help us deal with these struggles, to help us deal with the disappointments of life? For some of us, maybe it's we spend too much time at work. Maybe it's we snack whenever we don't know what else to do, and so we're stuck snacking all the time. doesn't sound like much, but when it becomes a bad habit, it leads to bad things. Maybe it's we seek relationships in all the wrong places. We're sick of being lonely. You know, we're told God is good, but do we really believe it? The rent is due and he still hasn't come through yet. That person I love is sick, maybe even dying, and he still hasn't healed them yet. Maybe I'm, I'm getting a little bit older. Maybe I've, I've, I've been through divorce before and uh, I'm sick of being lonely. What do we do? We take matters into our own hands. We set up our own idols in our own temple and we put things in place of God because we hear that God is good. How great is our God? Or sing with me, how, I'm not gonna sing it for you, but how great is our God? But when it comes to our circumstances and our situations, do we really truly believe that? Or are we more inclined to take matters into our own hands and be our own saviors? be our own Jehovah Jireh. Instead of waiting for God to come through, we take our situations into our own hands instead of waiting on His timing. Proverbs 20, 24 says this, a person's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand their own way? Ecclesiastes 3 says this, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what, what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing or a time to let go, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Just because God has won the battle doesn't mean we give up fighting. It doesn't mean we stop. You see, this year, this is the year 
that we let go of those toxic relationships, that we stop leaning on our own understanding and we trust in the Lord with all our heart and, and in all His ways acknowledge Him and He will make, our, uh, he will make straight our path is that we trust that if God says He's going to do something, that He will see it to completion. See, Philippians 1 verse 6 says this, And I am sure of this, that He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the end, uh, at the day of Jesus Christ. My final point, maybe just as uh, Ben comes up for me. My final point is this, we need to take others on the journey with us. We need to surround ourselves with the right people. You see, what's one thing that Jesus did when he first starts his ministry? He finds people to journey with him. Matthew 4, 18 to 22, it says this, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Verse 21 says this, going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called to them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. You see, what do we see here? Jesus is calling people to come do ministry with him, to learn from him, to pray with him, to stand with him. You see, we were not designed to do life alone. Jesus knew that. That's why one of the first things he did was he gathered disciples. See, Hebrews 13 verse 5 says this, Keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6 says this, So uh, we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me? Can I encourage you today? Start 2024 off right. Let's seek God. Let's ask Him where it is He wants to lead us this year. Let's do it in His timing. Let's clear out the temple. Let's lay down all the crutches, devices, the idols that we've put in our lives and let's put God back where He belongs. Let's put God back on the throne. And then finally, let's get connected with people to help us stay in the plans and the purpose that God has for our lives. Can I say, can, actually, can I say this? There's nothing wrong with wanting things for your life. There's nothing wrong in that. Jesus even prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. In Luke 22, 42, it says this, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Jesus knew what the plan was. He knew what he'd been born to do. 
But in the middle of prayer, he still felt to ask God, if there's any other way, if there's anything else that you could do, please do it. But what does he go on to say? Not my will be done, but your will be done. What does your garden look like? What prayers have you prayed where you're like, God, I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. I don't know if I have the patience to sit and wait for your timing, God. I hear that you're a good, good God. And we sing about it at church and, and I grew up listening to hymns about it, but, but are you really a good God? Are you a good God to me or are you just a good God to everybody else? Nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. Every head bow and every eye closed in this place. I just want to take a moment. Maybe you've heard what we've been talking about today and you're like, Chris, this is great, but you don't understand. You don't know my circumstance. You don't know my situation. You don't know what I've been through. And can I say, I don't, you're right, I don't. But He does. He never leaves you nor forsakes you, but He won't force His way in either. He'll always wait for you to allow Him in. Frank, can I say, He is knocking at the door of your heart today. He's knocking at the door of your life today. Wouldn't you open the door and let Him in? Not our will be done, but His will be done. Put God back where He belongs, at the centre of your life, on the throne of your heart. Let's throw down the things that we've put there to help support ourselves up. Let's lay them down at the foot of the cross and accept the free gift that comes, which is salvation and the Spirit of God. A free gift that uh, Jesus gives us. He was born in a manger, lived a, a perfect life so that He would go to the cross and, and sacrifice His life so that we could spend eternity with Him with no guarantee that you or I would even accept it. But with the hope that we would. So right now, heads, heads bowed and eyes closed. If that's you today and you're saying, Chris, I want to know this God of that you speak. I want to put God at the center of my life, on the throne of my heart. If that's you today, as heads are bowed, it's just between you and me. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand on the count of three. Why do we ask you to raise your hand? Because when we make that physical move, it makes what's happening on the inside all that more real. It's that line in the sand moment where you go, you know what, I, I wanna accept God here. So right now on the count of three, one, 
We're here to do the journey with you. Two, we're going to seek God together. Three, we're putting Him back on the mantle right now. We're putting Him back on the throne of our hearts. If that's you, hands in the air. Thank you, God. See that hand. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, God.